This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 250. Hello, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a lovely guest for you that I'm very excited to talk to. Her name is Trisha Montgomery. She is the founder of Moose's March, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to early detection of pet cancer and providing support and resources for pets and their parents. And I just learned that she has many, many veterinary connections. So I'm really excited to hear about it. Welcome to the podcast, um, Tricia. Oh, thank you so much. Nice for to meet you. I'm excited. Nice to meet you as well. This is, and I will say from the get-go, this is very, very hard for me to call uh, you Julie, uh, as opposed to calling you doctor. Um, I, <laughs> I learned very early on from a lovely woman by the name of Eve LaRocca and her daughter, Kate Shamrzadi, uh, that you never call a veterinarian by their first name. You address them by, you know, the, the respect that they're due. So yeah. I, I am learning. I am learning. That is all the, also the days that, um, that I think that I, uh, it was instructed that you were pantyhose as well. So, but that is for the years. I never um, get too hung up on the doctor title. I, I just, you know, I, I like it, but I'm okay without it. So Julie's great. It's, but it's, I, I always ask my guests to tell me their veterinary story. And since you just told me you have a veterinary story, I'm going to ask you that to start wherever you want to start and tell me all the things. Sure. Thank you so much. First of all, my honor to be with you today on this uh, in this beautiful podcast. What you do is amazing. And thank you. Thankful for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, I'm Tricia Montgomery. Uh, I got started within the veterinary profession uh, a long time ago, probably going back about 30 years, 1993. And um, I uh, I was taken, I, I'm going to say, under the wing uh, by a beautiful veterinarian by the name of Dr. Glenn Mayer out of Chicago, Illinois. And he was actually the public education director, uh, one of the public on the public education committee for the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association. And uh, he just said, "I think you'd be really good at this. And uh, would you would you would you do this?" And um, I vied for it, and I became their public education director in October of uh, 1993. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went on to serve uh, as public education director, and then I went on to serve as executive director uh, and public education director at, until 2008 with the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association, and such great respect for the profession, and I am they are my family, and when I first started with the organization, I think they had 900 or so veterinarians. When I left, they had over 1,600 veterinarians, and uh, just seeing where things were at that time. That was in 1993 when uh, people were debating what size of ad they had for the phone book. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, phone book yeah, ads. I forgot all about that. Whether you're going to have a quarter page ad. I remember or having phone book ads. <laughs> and, you know, and, and looking at things and seeing um, and that was also the time, uh, early, you know, late 90s, when I think when PetSmart first came on and a lot of these 
larger box or or, or the you know the larger veterinary clinics were coming aboard. Right. And it was an interesting time, and to see right now where we are, um, where we've gone, and to still be part of the veterinary profession in that aspect, and see where everything has has really led to um, uh, the strides that have been made in the veterinary profession and um, the, the specialties. And, and we really didn't see a lot of that in, in, in the early years. And I think now you see so much of that and just the specialties and, and where they've gone. And even you, with you, life coaching, because there is indeed a mental health crisis in, in the veterinary profession and, and uh, they, they need that. They really need that and just beautiful respect to them. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the mentorship and guidance of, of beautiful people along the way. And um, my family is that. Um, I then went on to start Canine Fit Clubs. It was based upon my own personal journey of losing weight with my dog. I used to weigh about 275 pounds. And um, I uh, I created science-based program, not I, but we created science-based programs for people and dogs across the country. I worked with an incredible team like Dr. Ernie Ward, Association of Pet Obesity Prevention, Dr. Joe Vargas, uh, Dr. David Levy, University of Tennessee, Dr. Daryl Mellis, because we were looking at parallel programs for both people and their pets. And then looking at the correlation between obesity and um and and between the, between humans and cane and and their pets you know and how obesity goes up and down the leash and um it's very interesting when you look at that that we as a nation have gotten you know had gotten have gotten obese and and are unhealthy and our dogs have gotten obese right beside us and that oftentimes when we we think about exercising we won't if you're unhealthy you won't go to a gym by yourself because like me, when I was overweight, um, you're afraid of being made fun of. And, mm -hmm. and that dog provided the comfort and the care and the security. And um, people uh, love that they lost weight and, and got healthier. It wasn't really a question of all the people lost weight. It was a question of just getting healthy and bonding together and doing it in, in a science-based way. Uh, and exercising uh, uh, parallel to your to your pup, uh, we have programs like Namaste Stay, Papalates, Bow Wow Boot Camp, Begging for. Now, was it actual physical building? Like, it, did you have people come into a building with their dog? Oh, that's cool. We did we did we have oh. we at the height of our we had about eighty locations across the U.S. and Canada. We oh. had a flagship location in St. Louis. We actually were one of the recipients of the Pet Care Innovation Prize uh, when it first started in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, because of the correlation between humans and canines and losing weight and getting healthy with your dog. So yes, actual locations, um, incredible time. We were before our time and so, you know, proud to have been part of that movement and sharing that health, fitness and wellness journey. Um, we were in the process of, of selling Canine Fit Club and, 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 uh, and, and doing different things with it. Um, and then I realized in my journey, um, I had served in the veterinary profession. I'd been part of health and wellness. I'd been on both sides of that for, you know, crossing two industries between health and wellness and, and the veterinary profession and, and canines. Um, and I really wanted to go into animal welfare. And I got called to serve at uh, Paws Humane Society in Columbus, Georgia. And that was right before December of 2019, before the pandemic started. 
and um, went in with beautiful plans. At that time, um, they didn't really understand about the importance of having a veterinary practice on board or within their, their organization. I went on to hire uh, three veterinarians and turn veterinary practice around, as well as that organization. We created incredible programs where we went into underserved communities and we helped um, pets and people, and especially during that time, um, the ability for uh, for funding as well as supplies and food. And uh, it was difficult at best. And I'm very proud of that. And uh, taught me a, a lot about compassion fatigue, taught me much about what the, how the crisis in in the in animal welfare is happening right now. Um, and and looking at the veterinary profession as a whole and and talking about kindness and and, and respect and being treated as such. Um, I left in January of 22 and then I, I I've worked with a number of organizations but during the pandemic uh, at the height of it I on my birthday of March 29th I actually adopted moose and uh, he was uh, pulled from uh, Columbus Animal Care and Control from Paws. And he had been chained outside and he was a hot mess. <laughs> His legs were cattywampus. He was heartworm positive. Um, yeah. He walked with like, you know, that, that swagger. Uh, he was a bully mix and he was a low rider. Um, but he was, I've never had a dog touch me the way that Moose you know, brought out my heart. He was with me day and night. I, I was in Columbus, Georgia. I really didn't know a soul. Uh, when I went there, and as you know, being a CEO of an organization, making friends, um, especially at the height, it's difficult at best. Right. Um, and he was just with me. He was the mascot, and um, the I, I believe the things that he taught me so much were um, that pets are necessary for everyone, no matter your income level, no matter how you look, how you dress that the what they bring to us from a human animal bond perspective and not not just health and wellness and making us live longer happier healthier lives but just from a perspective of love and unconditional love and how everyone needs that and is deserving of such um he passed away in may of uh of 2022 not going to try to get emotional here and it broke and that's not that long ago it did. It broke my heart. And yeah. um, I have had many dogs in my life before. There was a, a moose, there was a Zeus who passed away of Cushing's. And I had my dog Louie that I lost weight with and other dogs throughout my my time. But moose um, impacted my life. And I say he was really my heart walking outside my body, although my son and my daughter would probably shoot me for saying that. Yeah, they're not going to like that. <laughs> they never do, but it's it's the truth. Right. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but um, it 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 was, and when my 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 father had passed away of cancer two years before, my mom had passed away, um, in in twenty one, and so it was like a one two three hit, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember it that just the grief, um, just knocking me down, and I remember laying on on my floor in my office, and I was. Uh, I, I was devastated. I, I oh. didn't want to get up. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I, I was just, there was something that just, it just it wrecked me. 
Yeah. And I've never had that happen before, Julie, never had that happen before. Um, I want to, you know, thank heavens for, for a beautiful girls by the name of Caroline Lexton and Courtney Winterstrom, um, who uh, I was working with at the time and just, you know, picked me up and my sister, Cheryl, who just said, you know, you, you can do something, get up, get it'll up. Be okay. Yeah. Get it'll up. be okay. It'll, it'll be okay. And, yeah. uh, and out of that, I created Mrs. March and um, last year uh, it was basically just a program that we were helping people. Um, we raised $12,500 in honor of, of people with pet cancer and, and worked with different universities like Auburn University and people such as that and helped out um, uh, people who needed help with for cancer and, and their pets. And then this year uh, we have officially become a 501c3 organization and we are working with an incredible organization called Volition Veterinary uh, regarding early detection of pet cancer, working with shelters across uh, the, uh, across the nation and uh, working with pets and people and really educating people on awareness of pet cancer and having an open and honest discussion about pet cancer. There are times that people don't know what to do. Where do they turn? Who do they go to? You know, the bridge for a veterinarian and 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 that pet owner. Where do you go? Um, we're having a beautiful webinar uh, coming up on November the second. Uh, it's going to be moderated by Steve Dale. Um, Dr. Thomas Butera is going to be part of its CEO of Volition. Dr. Rebecca Timmons. Um, uh, Kristen Worman of of Base Paws and Zoetis. Um, and Dr. David Stansfield, a cooperative care uh, organization, the founder there. And I am just how the, you know, I think when things come together, they're meant to come together. And I am incredibly grateful and blessed to even have the opportunity to do this. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a great mission. So this webinar that you're doing is for pet parents to teach them about cancer, um, cancer detection. Explain that to me a little bit more. Sure. Well, the webinar is actually open to anyone. So it's open to pet parents, to veterinary technicians, and to veterinarians alike. Gotcha. It's really going to be, people can send in their questions and answers before the webinar starts. Um, it is going to be an open discussion. We're going to be talking to pet owners. We're going to be talking to veterinarians. Uh, cooperative care actually uh, helps bridge the gap between between the practitioner and the pet owner. And how do you talk about things? Um, talking about early detection, talking about what happens when there is a diagnosis, uh, talking about um, uh, the different types of cancer and, you know, expectations. We're talking about hope and quality of life. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so I don't want to pull off this because I want you to really fully teach us about this. Um, how did you practically get it going? I mean, it sounds like you're used to getting businesses going, so it was probably easy for you, but tell people out there that are, that have that like little spark of entrepreneurial spirit that would like to do something like you're doing. How does that happen? And then we'll go back and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I I found people who believed and I found people who were like-minded and I surrounded myself with a beautiful team in every organization that I've ever been involved in, whether it was Canine Fit Club or Paws or anything else. I surround myself with a team of people who um, know better than me and can guide okay. 
direct better than me. Right. I have vision. I have the knowledge I have. I know how to get things done. Right. But I think when you're surrounded by a team, it, it is it is absolutely phenomenal because they can guide. Sometimes an idea that you have may not be the one that is the the, the that you need a little direction. That's a great idea. Have you thought about this? That kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm a good idea person, but they don't <laughs> they don't always like follow through. <laughs> yeah, and but I also think I surrounded myself with veterinarians always. Mm. Uh, they have get, been my go to, my mentors my guidance and my wisdom. And so with any non-for-profit when you're starting or with any type of an organization, whether non-for-profit or for-profit, if you're going into the pet industry, if you're going into the veterinary profession, I, I strongly believe in going to the source and those that know our animals better than, than I could ever hope to know. And um, um, Becky Mosser uh, from from NAFTA and just an incredible, uh, uh, she's a registered veterinary technician, Appalachian State College. Uh, she is just a, a standout. And you go to people that you trust and people who can tell you, honestly, that's a great idea. Or, you know, <laughs> go back to the drawing it's board. done. <laughs> Try know, again. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's a crazy and think, idea. Yeah. And I think it also is open to ideas and not being so set in your ways that you don't take um guidance and wisdom and, and, and constructive not criticism and constructive criticism and thoughts. And um there's a beautiful woman, our veterinarian, Dr. Rayanne Van Paulette of Chicago, who serves on the board for um Moose's March. And I we, we were we were developing taglines and and I had had one and she said, you know, have you thought that's great, but have you thought about this? And I I'm like make it better. <laughs> I, I can make it better. And she did. Yeah, that's and awesome. I, I think it is it's just relying on others because entrepreneurs as a whole, and I know I have been uh, at fault for this in my early days, especially of Canine Fit Club, that I thought I knew everything. I don't. It's not true, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, I, I've been able to rally and I, there's, I love, I'm, it's passion and it's light and I'm passionate about what I do and the people that are, that I'm surrounded by. And I, and I think that they're, um, they, they realize that as well. So tell me what you love about veterinarians because uh, veterinarians listen to me and sometimes they're filled with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and, you know, they feel like, um, maybe they don't have enough to offer. And I think we sometimes forget what what people that own pets think of us, we don't, we don't have that um, idea that we're important. So from someone from your end, that's worked with many veterinarians and that, um, you know, has pets, what do you think about that? Like what should veterinarians hear from people like you and other people that own pets in order to get through some of this mind, mind junk that we have? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a beautiful question, by the way. And I think as far as imposter syndrome and self-doubt, it, it it is within the veterinary profession, but it's inside all of us. I, I have to say that, especially coming from- But I always say, yep, everybody's got it. We think everyone else has it figured out, but they don't, right? <laughs> and, and especially, I, I was very overweight and I still 
at times look into the mirror and you're like the fat person I'm the fat person. I just had a conversation today with one of my associates who also used to be very overweight and you still look at the mirror and see that fat insecure person. Then it's like, okay, you know, you're not, you're not. And, and it's a daily practice that we go through. But I would say from a, from the veterinary profession, the beauty, the empathy, the compassion, and the just the giving to people um, and sharing. I, I think the veterinary profession is one of a veterinarian's job is one of the hardest that I've ever seen. And the reason, and you know this, that our, our animals cannot tell us what's wrong. They cannot. We rely on that pet parent to tell us what's going on. And that pet parent can be emotional. And, you know, there's a lovely word called anthropomorphism. And we look at that and all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, he was limping and he was doing this and he was doing this and I don't know why he's not eating. And that is my point of view as a pet parent. Right. And that may, may not, that may be the furthest from the truth. You know, oh, I did, you know, I, <laughs> I remember an, an instance um, uh, go at Pause Humane Society and I was on call that night and we had a beautiful relationship with uh, Rivertown Veterinary Emergency Center and Dr. Dr. Uh, Brown and Dr. Keyes. And I, uh, one of the fosters met me there. And the foster parent, you know, swore up and down that he didn't know what happened and 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 things. And he, you know, reeked of uh, of some things. And you know, and they, uh, you know, and and sure enough, that's what it was. And so right. there, I think a veterinarian's job is um, psychologist. It is a counselor. It is a a, a doctor, a veterinarian, it is a, you know, the therapist, it is also all of the other team members, you are their, your mentor, you're their leader, leader they yeah. rely on you, they have you on this pedestal. And how do you live up to that? But no, I see all of those things. And I would say many, 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 many people see all those things in in veterinarians, I think at times, it must be hard. I know it's hard because I I don't know of any other profession where you would go in and say, well, you know, I don't feel like paying that uh that fee. I'm gonna what I what I can pay is that, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, not how it works, right? That's not how it works, <laughs> you know. Don't that, just, you don't do that at the furniture store. Well, or or it's you can try, life. but they're not gonna give you. They're not gonna give it to you for free. <laughs> or your own doctor. When would you go into your own doctor right. and say, "Listen, I'd like to negotiate about that price." Right. I am, con and I being at pause and and the emotion. And I during the pandemic, we were doing curbside service, and it was there were several occasions it was heated. Somebody pulled a gun at one time. So oh gosh, yeah, there were a lot of things going on, and so I've experienced firsthand from that those experiences because of the veterinary clinic and you wow. i think people don't understand um and as i say every day kindness just treat people with kindness treat people the way that you want to be treated and i don't think they remember that pet parents don't remember that sometimes because they are so so consumed with that but as far as my my thoughts my love i i think my heart is always with the veterinary profession and any organization that i have consulted with and i've i've i consult with many 
um, my first recommendation is, have you spoken to a veterinarian? Have you spoken to somebody who can really talk about this? And, and having that seal of approval of that credentialing and um, that stamp on that and that other side of the coin, uh, uh, I think it's so important. I also look at what's happening right now with Dr. Google and the internet, and it can be incredibly you know, wonderful. Um, right. but AI, it can also be incredibly dangerous. And I think we have so many people on the internet right now who claim to have the knowledge. And I think you have pet owners who are relying on that. And that's a scary thing. And I can't imagine being in the veterinary profession right now and being having that surrounding you. Right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I, this is kind of a another topic, but that's how my brain works. <laughs> I love that. I know I'm all over the place. So if um, you worked for a long time with a organized veterinary medicine organization, right? The, the Chicago VMA, Uh Um, what's important about those kind of organizations to veterinarians? Cause I'm very passionate about organized vet med because I've been in their local and our state and, you know, trying to get more into the national organizations What's important, do you think, from your perspective about that for for the veterinary the veterinarians out there in the community? I think veteran I think the associations are extremely important. The reason I say that is because not only do they offer camaraderie, they also offer continuing education. They also offer different opportunities for you, whether it's bouncing ideas off of each other, whether it's an organized CEUs. Um, an understanding, providing education and resources and, and, and things that maybe you don't have the time for. As, a, as an association, that association can actually help maybe barter a better deal, whether it's a medicine or whether it's um, a product that, that through their association, they may have that, that kind of power to do that. But I think on the whole, it, it is more of a, it, it's camaraderie. And it's being part of, of an association and a group that's got you, um, whether it's liability, whether it's just support. Um, I think it's so extremely important to be part of a group or an association who can support you. If you have a question, you know, from the committees, whether it's a compliance committee, whether it's public education, they're always out there on your behalf, always. And that, that is their primary focus. Yeah. And most of the positions on these organized veterinary medicine boards and committees is volunteer. Always. Um, So what would your advice be to someone that's out there that thinks, oh, that would be cool to get into? Because I've met so many veterinarians through those kind of opportunities and that have helped me along the way. Um, What would your advice be to them if they're feeling like insecure and, you know, they're having that voice in their head that says they're not good enough kind of thing Mm -hmm. to get to get them over that hump to volunteer for some local association or state association. Stop, get the voices out of your head, come to me, talk, talk to you, you know, and right, just right. know. Yeah. Because the thing is what you don't realize um, that if, if you, if you do have those insecurities, putting yourself out there and helping others really assist in, in quelling those insecurities, you are helping and you are providing knowledge that you know someone else may not have. And then when you're ready to pass the baton, you're serving as, as an example for others. I look at um, I, I, Dr. Sandra Fay, 
She's the new president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. And I remember her first coming up in the Chicago VMA. Uh, Dr. Marla Manuskin led the, the path on being, or was it Dr. Marilyn Mikicek? Dr. Marilyn Mikicek was the first woman veterinary president for the Chicago VMA. Then Dr. Marla Manuskin, who was with Family Pet, who actually passed away of cancer. Um, and then uh, Dr. Susan Ferraro, Dr. San, then Dr. Santa Fake came through. Dr. I forgot Dr. Joan Carlson, sorry. You know them all. I, I do, I do. Um, but I know I look at Dr. Sandra Fay now and you just she was a rising star. You just saw that and you saw that within her and you knew what she was capable of. And I look now at, you know, serving as president of the Chicago Veterinary Medical Association, going on to serve at, with the Illinois State VMA and now to be the president of the AVMA and mm -hmm. a younger generation, um, you know, because, and that, and that is so beautiful. And I think every, really every person that was part of our organization really went on to serve in additional role, whether it was state um, or even, even national of, you know, different organizations. And I think that that is a path that allows others to come in now. Okay. Now you can, you can serve as, as vice president or treasurer. And I think it's also looking at your talents too, Julie, um, understanding, are you good at finance? Are you good at mentoring? Are you good at compliance? What, you know, I, I look at the things as the three T's, your time, your treasures, and your talents. We may not have a lot of money to give, but we have talent to give by the boatload. And if you recognize that your ability to to give back, I, I know when I when I give of myself, um, selfishly I feel better. Mm -hmm. I it it helps with your well being, right? It is. It giving, is giving does make you feel better. Doing things for other people does make you feel better. So it does. You know, I would agree with that. If you're in a low spot and you're struggling, yeah. and these organizations you don't really need to know anything to volunteer. Like I'm on the leadership development committee, mostly because I love leadership, but it, I could have got, got on that committee regardless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's large animal committees and small animal committees and, um, you know, shelter medicine. And there's so many things that you can do with these organizations that not only will help you feel better, but also contribute. I, I agree. And I think the more that everyone comes together, I think the better off we are as a profession uh, in the veterinary profession, the more that you rely on each other. Um, I look at right now, you know, there's a lot of um, there's beautiful people leading these associations. I look at Phil Russo, who's also part of NAVTA, who's also part of the New Jersey Veterinary Medical Association. These people really give their time and, and they want to help they want to make things better for you. So not only do you have tremendous people in the in the association or that, you know, of that uh position, but the people that are surrounding them and building them up as well, I'm I'm blown away by the talent and the empathy um within 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 the veteran profession. I really am. It's uh, as I said before, it is it is my heart. And I think everything that I, everything that I do always leads back to that profession because they gave me my start. I really would not be where I am today or be the person that I am today without, without vet med, huh? 
without that man, without talented people around me and people who just took me under their wing. I didn't know everything. I didn't know, you know, I, you know, it kind of happenstanced into it as, as, as public education director. And then to serve in that capacity, I was, um, was very blessed to be in the position that I am. And many of those people are still beautiful friends today and, and they will remain as such. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So what have I, what have I not asked you about any of these things that I maybe should have? I, I think we've covered quite a bit. I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I love this conversation. We were talking earlier, but I love it when, when there's not just questions that you can freeform and go into lovely conversations about things because you never know where you're going to go and the knowledge that, that you, that I've received today. I, I love that. You know, I would, I would, I would love for people to participate in the webinar for the let's talk about can, uh, pet cancer, November the 6th. Is that what it's called? It's called let's talk about pet cancer. It is okay. free of charge. It's November 2nd at 7 p.m. Uh, it is moderated by the one, the only Steve Dale, who- Yeah, uh, was- I met him once. I spoke with him once at an event. I he's, love- he's funny. Yeah, he's good. I love him. He was recently honored at the AVMA for the, I forget the, the Media Excellence Award uh, in Veterinary Medicine. And uh, we kind of grew up together. And really? he started about the same time I did writing a pet column. Uh, in 1993, we were just talking about that and um, uh, honored that he's going to be part of this and his knowledge is, is just incredible. His his dog, Apple, passed away of cancer and so it's a personal experience for him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I, I, I would love as many people to, I would, I, would, I would love to not, you know, to have to expand our, our webinar session if we need to, <laughs> to have as many participate in this as possible. Uh, and having that open dialogue about pet cancer and talking about all aspects of it from not only early detection, but what do you do when you hear a diagnosis? What do you, you know, what are, what are the different options for you? Um, what about grief? Um, you know, I was having a beautiful conversation with Association of Pet Loss and Bereavement. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there that can help you. And um, cancer, when it does affect you, I know Moose was gone uh, I had I had just come home from um, uh, an event, and I wrapped my arms around him, around his neck, and he had four nodes here mm. and two nodes here, one node. It was a total of, of about. They get eight. so big, they're awful. And and they weren't there before. When I left three yeah. days ago, they were not there. And then he was really gone within. He was gone within two weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, Dr. Hank Hall and and uh, out of out of Columbus, Georgia and Harris County, Maine is just incredible. There's just so many people that have surrounded. And um, again, uh, I think it's such an important discussion and s- so important for everyone to hear and to get involved in and participate in. And we would love for your for everyone to participate. Yeah. And the and the 5013C, the Moose's March is something that people could donate to they can they and can. helps with helps with um clients that can't afford treatment is that how it works correct and also with early detection we're going to be providing uh those pre-cancer tests uh mm-hmm. through volition veterinary to some uh shelters in the underserved areas including paws humane society tuscaloosa alabama and others and working directly with the veterinarians on that i will say next year we have a beautiful grant coming out uh, in 2024, and we're going to, be, I believe, giving away about $100,000 to area shelters and veterinary clinics oh, in those shelters. Awesome. 
to assist in pet cancer and treatment yeah. and the care of those animals. And so um, it's, it's going to be larger than life. And next year, we're going to be doing a series of walks in commemoration of, of Moose's passing and his birthday. Okay, um, so there will actually be events that people can participate events in. Events and, yeah, and you can go directly to moosesmarch.com. Uh, people can also share their stories directly to the website. We're going to be uploading their pictures and scrolling through and seeing those stories and memorializing those pets. And again, uh, talking about hope and and again, through through my hope and through my my sadness turned into this beautiful um, this beautiful uh, organization that I could have yeah. never, never imagined. And um, yeah, I'm again just. I am. I when I say I'm humbled, I get emotional about it. I'm very humbled. You be very that, proud. There's that is a it's a big thing to get going. Yeah, it is. It is, and I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm very honored. I'm very humbled, and I'm very honored to be surrounded by the people that I am, and to have and to be able to present Moose's message. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Do you have a dog now? I do not. I do not. Um, I, I honestly, I've been fostering. It's difficult. Oh, okay. um, I've not been able to get a dog. And I think a lot of people will understand that, that just a lot of people, some people get a dog immediately. Oh, it took not. me. Yeah. My last time I lost, I lost two dogs pretty close together and, um, it took me about a year before yeah. I started thinking about getting another one. I was dogless for a year, which isn't, you know, something that I would have thought. Well, I, I would say that I, I I could not get a dog, but I've been able to foster and you're saving lives. And so if yes. anybody has, you know, recently lost an, an animal or a pet and they can open their hearts and their homes and they have the ability to do that, you're saving a lot. You're not, you're not saving but one life, but two, because when you foster, you're opening up space at an animal welfare organization so they can bring in another animal. And right now right. with crisis and shelters, they need that desperately. So I have the honor of fostering for different organizations in Georgia and in Florida. And that's I awesome. You know, that's what I get to yeah. do. Well, congratulations. That's great. Thank you so much. Well, is there anything else that we want to say? How, I don't know how long we've been going here, but I've learned a lot about you and I'm really excited. I want to, I want to get to know more about what you're doing and Thank you. Um, work with some of the, the people that you're working with. It sounds like a, a great thing that you're doing. Thank you so much. It is be my very honor. proud. Oh, thank you. It's my honor to meet you and to be on uh, to be on your show. And thank you for this opportunity and, and for everything that you are doing for the veterinary profession and your life coaching and veterinary life coaching. That is so that's invaluable. So beautiful, beautiful. Congratulations to you on that as well. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you, you as well. That's everybody is Trisha Montgomery and you can find her at is it moosesmarch.com. That is correct. And everywhere else, wherever she is in the <laughs> webinar. Is the webinar on the moosesmarch.com? It is on the, it is on moosesmarch.com. They can find that they just scan the QR code and they'll lead them directly to a uh to the the registration page. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and people are welcome to contact me if they awesome. want to I'll put it. all that in the show notes when you send it to me. Thank so you. So all the all the contact information so people can find out more about you. Well, I really appreciate you being here. It's been super fun. It went by very fast, <laughs> yeah. but it's been lovely. Thank you so much, Julie. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, everyone out there. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Bye, Tricia. Bye.